0: Hello, hello. This is Deo Moano. I'm here with Persevere to Excel podcast. And today I have a very, very special guest, Mr. Martin Bukasa. I've known him for a very, very long time, and I'm so excited to have him with me today. Yeah. All right. Great, great, great. Well, I hope everybody's having a great day and, um, you know, we're we're still in the quarantine of COVID-19 and pe- there's a lot of a lot of unsettledty in how people feel about the current stand of where we are. But I hope people are doing well here in New Hampshire today. It rained. So we we got a lot of rain today. So. Um, it's not too fun when you have kids and they, they want to go outside and play, but you know <laughs> we, we persevere through it every day. So I'm here with Martin Bukasa. I've actually known Martin for such a long time, since I was eight years old um, back in the Congo. And for this podcast, the reason why I have him join us is I kept thinking about, I've been seeing how everybody's reacting to the current situation that we're dealing with, you know, being quarantined and people losing their job and people being sick and some people dying. Um, And I thought, man, you know, unfortunately, within my life, I've had some a lot of unfortunate events that that, that occurred in my life that kind of set me up to um, figure out how do I move forward in life. So when 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 I go through really difficult time, it doesn't. It impacts me, but I'm not surprised by it. So when I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I would love to have a conversation around how do you deal with the unexpected. And right away in my head, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Martin Bukasa to join me. And I called. I called Martin actually, Papa Martin. So if you hear me say that, that's just uh, you know a traditional Congolese way of showing respect <laughs> to elders. And um, I reached out to him and I said, I need you to be on this podcast with me because um, I know your journey and you know my journey and. We've both have gone through so many craziness. It would be cool for us to get in this conversation and and hopefully our conversation could bring hope uh, to the people that listen to this. So I brought Martin with me and we're just going to have a conversation about how do you deal with the unexpected? Well, Martin, can you just introduce yourself real quick?
1: Hi, um, this is uh, uh, Martin Bukasa as uh, Deo just uh, introduced me. I am from uh, the Congo, Republic Democratic of Congo, and I lived there for all my life until when uh, the civil war just broke out in, uh, in the Congo. So I knew Deo one for almost 20 years. So when Deo, she, he was like uh, uh, around eight. Eight, eight, years, eight years old, eight, yeah. Yes, eight years old. So, and as the world is too small, so we met with uh, Deo's mom. And when Deo was like a a young, he was, this is the, the, he was the first son. And uh, we met in Kinshasa and we flew from Kinshasa to Benin in, in, in the refugee camp. And from there, so we came to United States of America in two thousand. Since there we've been together until uh, today, so we are like a family. So Deo knows my my family. I know the Deo's family. So we've been together for a long time.
0: Wow, yes we have. Yes we have. And and the craziest thing about this is, you know, some of you guys know my story of Uh, my father being assassinated the civil war in the congo and um, my family and i losing everything and ending up uh, my mom betting her life on the potential that her and her family was going to get out of the congo by declaring becoming refugee and there was this secret refugee camp in kinshasa in the congo where my mom trusted that that was the only way we're going to get out so some of you guys know my story we ended up Getting out of the Congo, we lived in a refugee camp, and eventually we moved to the States in the U.S. in 2000. But Martin Bukasa, you know, I've known him for so long. And the craziest thing is when we moved into the refugee camp in in Kinshasa, the capital, uh, it was just... It was this massive compound. It was a European Western uh, company where they had this compound where they would bring in their uh, employees, you know, swimming pool. It was, I mean, gated and everything. But that compound was turned into a secret refugee camp. And, you know, there was rooms and all different things around. And Martin and his family were actually our next door neighbors. Believe it or not, there were our next door <laughs> neighbors, believe it or not. And I just want to paint a picture a little bit of what this room looked like. Essentially, it was set up almost like a hotel room. Uh, there's an open room and then there's a bathroom, but the open room is pretty much, you know, it's an open room, it's like a hotel. And um, the way that it worked is they gave us uh, plastic mattresses where it was, I think it was blow up mattresses essentially. And because we were a family of four, I think we had maybe two, two or three of them. And that's where we slept and, and, you know, that's where we stayed at. And Martin and his family were actually next door to us. Um, and bringing Martin in this conversation today, I, I wanted to talk to him and ask him about, um, you know, the unexpected, right? The, the way that we've been impacted today with the coronavirus, it's been unexpected. We did not expect that. And with my story, when everything went crazy and everything changed for us, we didn't expect it as well. But we had to learn how to cope through it. And I brought Martin today so we, we can have a conversation on how do you prepare around the unexpected and what do you do when it happens? And Papa Martin, you were, you were right next, next door to us. You know, How did you end up at the camp? You know, it, it's, yeah,
1: the problem is uh, we've been through a lot in uh you know in the congo when the uh the war starts uh first of all i was uh, in uh, equator it's a uh, up north there in bagdolite that's where they arrest me yeah and then uh, they bring me back to kinshasa in the in the prison so i was in the prison almost for three months
0: Wow. So let me. I just want to explain where the distance Equateur is essentially, almost from. You know, if we had to describe, is it like from Texas to New Hampshire? Like, what's the distance between Kinshasa and Equateur? Where, where yeah, you? Yeah,
1: it's, it's about a, an hour of flying. Okay. Yeah, an hour for flying with the the plane. Yep. Yeah, so it's so almost like
0: from here to Chicago is. From, yes. Okay. From
1: here to Chicago. Yes. And. And when I came, uh, they, they just brought us from uh, guadalete to Kinshasa. So I spent almost three months in a, in, a, in a jail. So there we didn't know what can happen or they can kill you or they can just, you know, do something, uh, you know. So I stayed there. What, uh, the problem is I didn't know the reason why they arrested me. But the problem was that, there was a war between uh, Rwanda and uh, and Congo, so all the, the if they suspect you, they say that you look like you know Rwandese or something like that, or you are born from the your mother she is from Rwanda or your dad she is from Rwanda, so you are the victim. They arrested you. So I stayed there for almost three uh, three months. The things I see there, it's unbelievable. You see, so we were. Uh, uh sleeping on the floor on the floor so you don't have mattresses. sometimes they put the cardboard that's where you sleep so we are like packed in one small room. you can be maybe hundred people inside the, the small room. So you eat with, with your hand they give you the, like a small rice on your hand they don't they, there's no sauce, there's nothing so you eat on your hand like that. So for three months, I stay, I stayed there, but I was praying. I was praying until when they just uh, released me.
0: And and bef- uh, before, before you ended up in, in, in being arrested, what was your life? Like, what did you do for, for work? And what was you, what was your life like?
1: Yeah. But- we, we used to work a uh, normal, you know, normal jobs. You see myself, I was working at the immigration in a, uh, uh in a badolite at the airport yep until when they they arrest me so they just suspect me they say oh uh you you've been arrested and then you need to go back to to kinshasa so i went to i went back to kinshasa my family my wife and my children they're supposed to join me uh, uh, to badolite but you see my wife she just came to kinshasa to come to Badulit, and then they arrest me. So I need to go back to Badulit to Kinshasa. So my wife, she stay with a, a, uh, a big brother. Yep. So when I was in jail, she couldn't know where I was.
0: And you were there for three months before you moved three back months, to Kinshasa.
1: Yes, three months in jail. So she was looking for me. At that time, there were some people, they are, they are burning them life. Yep. You know? There are so many things I cannot, I cannot explain here because we don't have uh, uh, enough time. So, by the grace of God, I, I've been released. And, so
0: and, I... and sorry for cutting you up. I just, I just want you to explain a little bit. So, you're you're yeah. arrested. You're in that jail cell with so many different people. The conditions are bad. You're there for three months. Yeah. What's going through your head? You know, what's going through your head within the first week you were there, the first month, the second month? I'm curious. You know, what are you thinking?
1: The feel. You don't know what can happen because when you are sleeping the, the, during the night, they just, turn, uh, they just cut off the light and they're killing, they're starting calling people names. And then when they call you and you get out there, they take off your clothes and they put you in, the, in a truck. Yep. You're gone. You disappear. You disappear
0: so you then, were so you were saying you were full of fear at that moment you're, yes, you're, you yes exactly. you don't know what was going to happen
1: of course of course <laughs> but i was i was full of faith, i was praying, and then after that the you know the 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 people there the uh what they call him it um, was the counselor of the 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 director of uh Demiak. yep yeah, it was like uh, uh, yeah, the counselor, he called me. He said, oh, you, your problem is too much for me. I cannot sleep and this and this. So I just need to release you. I said, yeah, because you have the power. If you want to kill me, you can kill me. If you want to release me, you can release me. It's, you, you know, it depends on you. He said, okay, okay. He just signed the paper and then I get out.
0: So, that, so that's after you've been in Kinshasa?
1: Yeah, I get out And they release
0: you in Kinshasa
1: I, I get out and then I go to the um, the Department of Human Rights Yep There they say, okay, you are free over here So now we can arrange you To put you somewhere That's where we met with There uh, uh, was mom Wimana Bernadette mm-hmm. Which I love, I love so much She's like my sister You see, we were next door We lived together there for almost, I think for almost, almost a year.
0: Yeah, a couple of months, definitely.
1: Yes, a couple of months. And there was now the organization of uh, OEM. Yep. Yeah. The International came.
0: Office of Migration. That's what uh, yeah. IOM stands for.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes. They came and they start to doing the process for us to move. We couldn't believe that one day we can get out from uh, Kinshasa.
0: Mm. And yeah, and, yeah because, I, I, want, I want you un, to unpack that a little bit because me as a you know, seven and a half, eight year old kid, first of all, I didn't even believe that we were going to end up in the camp. My mom, yeah. my mom used to tell us, hey, yeah. you know, the international world, they're going to help us. They're going to help us. I'm like, mm-hmm. come on.
1: Exactly. Martin,
0: I, I literally thought my mom went crazy, you know, because at that point we had nothing, everything yeah, was gone,
1: you know? It was impossible, you know? Because at that time, we are like in the middle of the town, you yeah. see the, the, the place where they put us, you know, it was a I, I can remember because you were you were young, you mm-hmm. were uh, like a uh, young, it was up the mountain there, the city mm-hmm. that's what they call the city or the green city. That's where they put us it was like a, 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 a compound.
0: Barricaded yeah. with high walls protecting everything.
1: Yes, exactly so we are sitting they 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 give us some you know some rooms there we 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 live there so they can put even two people or two families but uh, you you sit there and give you the mattress and everything they you know so we we stay there almost i can say almost three months Mm -hmm. waiting for something happen we didn't know what can happen
0: did you did you ever I'm curious to know because you know we were in a different situation. Because at that point, you are a father; you have your family there. You know, for me, I'm, I'm a child. I'm, I'm a son. I'm you know I'm looking up to my mom, and she's she's saying everything's gonna be okay. I'm curious to know from you. You know, mm-hmm. wh- what did you think? Did you did you believe that we were gonna get out of there? Did you believe that you and your family, you know, being at that camp? I'm curious yeah, we, to know.
1: We have, we had hope that one day something can happen. You know, because there was a fear exactly the first uh uh the first group of the people they moved them from uh, kinshasa to rwanda so the red cross make an arrangement so they give them the the fly yep so they were calling them and say okay if you want put your name on the list and then they can send you to to rwanda because they are thinking that that's where uh, it's a safe place you know so we, I didn't know, I, I didn't know anybody in Rwanda. So I said, no, I will stay here. Some people, they encourage me. They say, no, Papa Martin, let's go. You know, yeah, you can find the place. I said, no, I will stay. Mm. And one of the agents of uh, the Red Cross, he just give me, a, you, know, you know, just like a little secret. He say, yeah. oh, you know what, Papa Martin, don't go to Rwanda, but there will be another, you know, uh, process, another program. So people, they will they will live here, go somewhere.
0: Just hang on tight.
1: Yes. Yeah. He didn't tell me where.
0: And 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 so, so that's that's very fascinating that you say that because I remember um, the Red Cross was trying to help us first, yep. and they were trying the first the first thing that they gave us was uh, a Catholic charity in Belgium was willing to adopt the children, so they oh, were yes. going to uh-huh. adopt us, the kids, and then m- mom was going to be sent somewhere in another mm-hmm. place in Africa and eventually we we'll, we're going to get we're going to get re- reunited. So that was our path. And then literally maybe 3 weeks, 2 to th- 2 weeks or 3 weeks before uh the trip was supposed to happen, Mom said, "Hey, um I was told that um the US government is trying to get some people exactly. out of the camp."
1: Exactly. That was uh, unexpected, you know. We were uh, after the the first uh group moved to to Rwanda. We we just uh we stayed there like a few people, maybe fifty people, in the in the in, in the, the compound. Yeah, it was scared We say, "Oh, now, as we are the f- few people here, they will come and kill us."
2: Yeah.
1: After two weeks, I I see some white guy. They came there. So we were at a at a corner there. We were like a you know entertaining ourselves and. Uh, uh, there was one guy who was teaching us English because yep. we, have, we have the, you know, like a, uh, the vision. So we say one day we can go somewhere. Yes. We, we need to learn something. So we're starting learning English. And then those guys, they come, they look at us, they observe, they say, what are they are doing there? They say, no, they are teaching them English. And then they just left. <laughs> when they <laughs> left... And then they, they, told, they told us, they said, You know those people there? Those are the people they come for United States of America. So they will do the process for you to move here. The, we, we know what we say. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, that's don't, not true. Don't lie, don't to, lie to us, us please. please. <laughs> to, those, to, to those people. <laughs> you know, they came with uh, uh, like uh, some backpack, something yep. like that. You know, very simple people. After two weeks, They're starting now. They came now. They say, okay, we need to start the process. Mm. I want to talk about that
0: process real quick. You know, and and, and
1: took us pictures and starting filling up the paperwork and this and this. And then we saw that it was, you know, very serious. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm telling you, after two weeks, everything just going fast.
0: Wow. And so we got there towards the end. So you were there a lot longer than we were. You know, by the time we got there, already rumors started to go around in the in in the compound that, hey, you know, there's there's an opportunity here Uh for a group of people to end up to America. So by the time we got to the camp, that was that was what mom was already telling me. That's what my mom was telling me. You know,
1: suddenly we took the, the bus.
0: Can we, can we talk about the process for a second? Because this is something that's very interesting. So, yeah. so part of this whole agreement between the, the international aid and the Congolese government was the Congolese government would, ha- would come in at, at the camp at times to vet people out, right? Yeah. They, yeah. they had to make sure that people that were going to be let out of the camp were not um, high target, right? That the, the, yeah. the, the international world wasn't um, hiding all- some people. Right.
1: It was an agreement between the Congolese government and the U.S. government, you know. So they they make uh, Kabila, you know, the father, yep. sign paper, sign the contract to say that uh, we need to take those people, so they need to be safe. Right. That's why we used to have uh, uh, the army, the, the police. Yep, we used to have a, used to, protect, yeah, protect the to, compound, you know, right? Yes they stayed there there was all the, the people watching on us we used to have a, a, human, a human human rights okay department of human rights they take uh, they take care of us they were feeding us giving us soap everything we need all the supply and uh, uh there was also um uh, after that we they give us the buses To move from the 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 place where we used to live to the airport. Wow! So So, all these things, they were in a a, there was an agreement between Kabila, the father, and the U.S. government. You know,
0: but there were some there were some people that that were that were selected after the process was going through that the Congolese government didn't allow to to leave, right? Because I I remember during the interview process. That was something yeah. my mom was very scared of. She, you know, she was saying, "Hey, you know, we, you guys have a muano last name, and you know, your father <laughs> worked for the government. I'm not sure if the Congolese government's going to allow us to get out." But mom, she used her Uimana last name because, you know, in Congo, females exactly. have their own their own last name. So, yep. um, but I remember that was a very scary moment for her because exactly. every time she would say, "Oh man, we have another interview and from the this Congolese is, government."
1: This is unexpected. Why? Because you don't know. Who will be on the list and who will not be on the list, you know? And after that, most of that, most of us, we we get out, we take the bus, and we went to the the airport. You know what things which amazed me? I saw ambassadors of the world in Kinshasa. They were at the airport. The news, they were at the airport. To make sure that those people, they are leaving the, the capital, Kinshasa, and they are going somewhere else.
0: And, and, so, you, and your family and my family, we were part of the first group that was yes. selected to move to Benet. Yes,
1: the first flight. Wow. I, I... <laughs> the, first, the first flight, I saw me and my children, my wife and my children and all the group, we went to uh, to, the, to the airport. When we are crossing, uh, when we are in the bus.
0: Can you, yeah, yeah. talk about that journey, because I remember yeah. that journey, how crazy it was from the compound to the airport. Yeah. And I remember the escort that we had, you know, military oh, yeah, with yeah. us, people, policemen.
1: Everywhere, everywhere, people, they are shouting, they say, get out, you, yeah, run this.
0: Because, yeah, there was an announcement on the radio that day, the we'll national radio you, that we'll said, they said the Congolese okay. government is letting some Rwandans leave yes yes so and people knew that just, there was an account a compound of folks leaving we
1: were not rwandese we were Congolese, Congolese but, people right but they they are persecuting us yep. you see i'm i'm feeling emotional mm. you know because this happened to me you know when uh when you see a, a child who's born to a parent you know the mixed parent you see one is rwandese one is Congolese. And they miss, uh, they the just persecuting you, right. you see, yeah. And then I saw even my children; they were feeling that. You see, my children, they come, they say, "Oh, daddy, you see, they are telling me that I'm Rwandese." I say, "No, don't worry." You see, and then we just move. We came to the the Benin. I love mm. this country because it was a country of hospitality. They they just uh, welcome us with uh, you know peace with love we went to the refugee camp in pomase you know there we found some uh, refugee people from nigeria from togo uh, some of them from ethiopia they were there for a long time very long time uh, six years ten years seven years and then they saw us coming they say oh you also, you come to this uh, refugee camp? I said, yeah. So how long you can stay here? We told them that, no, we are here for six months only. I said, are you sure? Six <laughs> months? I said, yes.
0: I do remember uh, that. I remember those conversations people were having at the camp.
1: Yeah, that's what they told us. We just came here to fill up the paperwork and then we go. And this was a contract between the U.S. government and the, gov- the Benin government. Yeah. They said, those people that we stayed there only for six months it was unbelievable yeah i mean it's
0: it's it's unheard of right it's unheard of that people want one thing that the fact that there was a secret refugee camp in kinshasa where a group Mm -hmm. of people were being persecuted and then those people were actually able to to leave go from kinshasa to Benin. And then you show up in a refugee camp in Benin, where people have been living there for, like you said, nine, seven, five years. Yes. And then we're, and we're told that, hey, you guys are here for short term.
1: Short term. Short then, term. <laughs> you know what? What, what, what was a, a very, you know, excited? When we arrived there, they just welcome us with we food. They cook the Beninois. Yes, I do remember. Food. Man. <laughs> yeah. It was like a party. We ate. And then they show us the rooms. Uh, there was a big a uh, a uh, 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 a place where they they already you know prepare for us. They put uh, mattresses. They give us uh, all the the bed sheet. They give yep. us the blankets. They give us uh, all the you know the bowls to to cook everything
0: i tell people it's so interesting because i when i tell my story i always tell people hey you know i was i was the lucky one we we <laughs> stayed in the a, in a state-of-the-art refugee camp and people yes. go what do you mean state of the art i'm like listen we had brick walls we had tin roofs we had mm-hmm. you know electricity in there electricity. you know electricity
1: <laughs> they put the water they put the water everything and they give us food there is a uh every week they give you the the rice they give you the uh, concentrated the milk. Yeah, the milk, everything, and then those people, they, the other uh, refugee, they say, who are you? What right, kind of right. refugee are you? Yeah, what,
0: what what ka- what kind of privilege do you have? You know. Yes, yes. And I remember oh. the other refugees. They started to to do trading with us. They would bring exactly. in. They're bringing. So we in, um...
1: trade the. You know, we <laughs> trade the food and this and this. And exactly the way they said six months, we starting doing the interview. The The agency, uh, coming from, uh, uh, from, uh, I think from Ghana, I think. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Y- yes. Uh, what's the name again? Um, oh, what's the name of the, the agency there? Was it the
0: UN? Was it the,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause IOM
0: still continue to work with us during that time yes, as well. Yes. The
1: yeah. IOM. Yes. Uh, what's the agency there? Um, Uh, I will remember the name. Okay. So they, they came and then they starting doing the the interview. So they prepare us. So we are doing the interview. They, uh, they take off all the information where you come from, your family, the name, the date, and they took us pictures. Yep. The photo uh, pictures. And then after that, they go. And then the next time we starting doing now the, uh, all the the, biometrics, the checkups, Yep. you know, we go, the, the doctor come inside the camp there. They're starting doing the checkups and everything. If they found you with the disease, they treat you and this and this. Until when the, the officer of the immigration came. This was a, like a, a, a proclamation. Right. A, a big process because people they are feeling, they say, oh, you don't know if you can go to United States. You know, right. it was a big, you know, <laughs> a big issue. And then the officer of immigration, when he came, he just looked at your file, some question and this and this. If you just finish, he say, okay, uh, you pass the the interview. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations. So, and me and my wife, we say, oh, you see now, we are going to United States of America. Wow, you see. And then after that, I meet uh, they sen now, uh, uh, who's a. Um, Sasha. Sasha, right. Sasha. Sasha, he came. He's starting us with the orientation. This is the part I love because they are starting to giving us all the details of the life in the United States. How you can live in the United States, how the children, they can go to school, the, uh, the healthcare and this and this. So they give us all the details and they, they give us the handbook. Wow. Until when they send us now the paperwork.
0: Hold on for a second. So at that point, I I do want to backtrack real quick, right? Because we're talking about the unexpected here. And you you tell this journey of being arrested in the jail for three months, ending up being let go, right? Which during this time, a lot of people that were being arrested, they were being persecuted. So you you, you still were able to reunite with your family. You end up in this secret refugee camp in Kinshasa. And then a group of folks are, are sent to Rwanda. You decide to stick around and then you're yeah. promised that, hey, there's a group of folks that are going to move to America and your family gets selected to move to Bene and mm-hmm. the, B- the Bene community welcomes you with an open arm and now mm-hmm. you're, you're told that you passed your interview and you're in the process of being selected to move to the U.S. H- h- how did you feel during that time, Papa Jadiel? How this, did you feel?
1: This was unbelievable, unexpected. You know, when, like uh, me, myself, I didn't have even money. I couldn't even have a visa to come to United States with all my family. I live in in Kinshasa. I lost my my job. I didn't have anything, nothing on me. So I have my family only. And now they told you. They said you have uh, the visa to go to United States of America. So the OEM pay the the flight. You see, we have a, a big, uh, big plane. Uh, like a like American, I think American. Uh, yeah. It was American United uh, plan, I mean, uh, plane, American plane United. to double decker. Yes. Yeah. Boeing. We were like a four or 300 people inside it. So from Benin, we, uh, we landed to Portugal, Portugal. Yep. Yeah. Just to fuel the, the plane and then from there to new New york York city (laughs) new york city you see and then inside the plane there was uh, you know the all the waitresses. they are they're speaking english but that the the kind of english we couldn't even uh, understand (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like a big dream huh yes then some people they say if this is the kind of the english they are speaking in the United States. Oh man, it's be very it will be very hard for us. <laughs>
2: so
1: we are joking there and they feed us food. We're eating in the plane. After we arrive in, a, uh, in the in United States in New York, this is the place where now they're starting splitting us. You see? This family is going to Chicago. This family is going to uh to, to, to New Hampshire. This one, for me, I was going to uh, to Texas. So, suddenly, in a couple minutes, we see people, they just split us, yeah. everybody separated. I remember and, that
0: my family, we, we were, for that first trip, we were the only family heading to New yeah. Hampshire. Yes. And it, it, was, it was so strange to us because yeah. all 300 of us, we all landed in New York and everybody spread out or going to different places And mm-hmm. and, we, we went from uh, the big Boeing to a small little propel plane.
1: <laughs> exactly. And you know what? I was sitting I was sitting like this. Now we don't have anybody to, you know, to guide you. You are by yourself with your wife.
0: And your bag and your IOM yes. bag.
1: <laughs> and the IOM <Iowa> bag, yeah. <laughs> yes. And then I was sitting there and then I was looking to everybody there. And then we just came uh, we, we, we landed from New York to Missouri. From Missouri, we're supposed to take another flight to go to Texas. I don't know what, what to do, the process, what, how, how I can do it. I, I don't know nothing. So we're sitting there. Couple minutes, I say, oh, where is my flat? I don't see where, where is my flat. So I just go to one of the offices. I saw one guy there with my little English. <laughs> <laughs> with my little English, I say, hey, mister. Me, I'm going to Texas. See my my ticket. He just lo- look at the ticket. And say, oh man, you are so late. The plane is waiting for you. You need to go to the gate, and the gate was so far. Wow. So me, my wife, she has a uh, Israel. Israel was like two years uh, two years old. Yeah. I I have uh, Gideon was five years and Kiria was she was like a, uh, a no Gideon was like six. Kiria she was five. And uh, my little baby, two years. Mm-hmm. So we take them. We starting running, <laughs> and they were calling us on the microphone, but we couldn't listen. Wow! Until when we reach the the gate, we are the last people. So we kept, We get into the plane. It was raining. We get in the plane, and then we just take off, and we landed in Texas in uh, two, uh, ten p.m. And there, my sponsor, oh, man, I love <laughs> her so much, Mary. They were waiting there, and then they put the big, they just right there, welcome uh, Bukasa family.
0: That's awesome.
1: So we arrived there. They put us in, a, they, they arranged the hotel for us. We stayed the whole night in the hotel. I said, wow, in a hotel? <laughs> this is my first time to be in a, you know, a nice hotel. We stayed there and in the morning we took the breakfast and then we go to the uh, the place where they uh, you know they, they arranged for us. It was a beautiful place.
0: That's incredible. Talk about everything, the unexpected. Wow.
1: Everything everything was prepared. We found the house with all the stuff inside, beds, you know, TV, everything. So the, 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 the kitchen, it was full of uh, all the instances i said wow this is my first time to be in the in the house like that Mm. with everything prepared for me and you know what they said oh we didn't know how how to you know to welcome the refugee we just learn we just start now i say this is most everything you just put inside the house it's enough Mm. you know what they're still bringing more we have clothes we have shoes we have everything so sometimes people when you know with this uh, breakout uh, you know disease we have people are you know uh complaining and this and this but we we saw a lot of things Mm. bad things happen but if i am here in the united states of america it's a it's a miracle for me yes especially for me and my family because to pay only the ticket, it's going to take all, maybe $4,000, $5,000, which I couldn't have. Right. But the OEM pay the ticket, you see, and they give us everything. So a sec- it's- uh, A second
0: chance, a second chance of life, huh?
1: Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a you see, there's something you, you, you have in your life, but you couldn't even expect it to have it. Hmm. You understand? So the life goes on like that, and I see my children going to school, better school. You see, like you, Deo, you went to school here. You know, and we were in touch with your mom all the time. Yeah, I remember we used to talk on the phone. She gave me uh, the the news from Manchester, and they said that's the reason why I came to Manchester. Yep. because of because of the the, the Mwano family. Mm. You know, so when I lost my job in. Uh, in Texas, your, your mom, Bernadette, she said, no, you can come to New Hampshire. You, there's a lot of jobs. That's why I came here mm. since 2001. Yep. <laughs> until today. So we, we're still together, you know.
0: I I have one question for you. When yeah. After you, you resettled with the family, how long did it take you for you to like... It's almost like, you know, this, there's, a, there's a saying people say, you know, I feel like I got to pinch myself to like... To, you know to is this real is this really happening am i really here you know how how long did it take you before you um you 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 were able to embrace the fact that your family you know was able to escape the war the war and the challenges the difficulties that you're here you're in the richest country in the world to restart your life yeah what was that process like for you to kind of actualize that that like th- this is actually true this happened
1: yeah you know when, when we, we left the, 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 the Congo, mm, from there to here, I think, uh, it took like six months, you know. So I've been here with my, uh, my, my, my family, but my family back home, they didn't know where I am. Wow. You see? And they, they are thinking that I've I, I already been dead. You see? and then my mom she was very upset she got sick you know she was uh, she didn't know my news she didn't know where i am when i came to united states i called them now i phoned my my family i said don't worry about me i'm okay with all my 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 children and my wife but you see my mom she's starting getting sick and this and this after six months my mom passed away you see my mom passed away and uh, my my wife she was pregnant with uh, mary my uh my Lily, my young daughter so i said okay uh in my culture normally if i have a a girl i will name the girl uh, after my mom Mm. so and then uh, Mary, my sponsor, she was asking me, Oh, now you lost your mom. So you have a, a baby girl is coming. So you give the your mom name. I said, Oh, yeah, let's see. And then when my baby came, I gave her the name of Mary mm. after my sponsor. <laughs> She's starting crying. Wow. She's crying. He said, Why, Martin, you give me the name? I say, You do much to me. Because I didn't have a family in the United States of America, but you welcome me, you take care of me, so to honor you, I will give you the name of Mary. So I give my daughter Mary Sinclair. That's her name.
0: Wow, that's yeah. amazing.
1: So we uh So we've been in touch with my family after we arrived to the United States of America. Because I still have. Some of my family in a, in the Congo, you see, and uh, after maybe five five years, I brought my my youngest my youngest brother too. He will come after me. Sylvain Bukasa is here too with his wife and his his child.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so he came. I was expected to uh, to do you know the paperwork for my mom, but. After six months, when I reached the United States of America, my mom passed away. So, it's okay. So you see, those things happen in the life. You don't know what can happen. You see, I didn't expect it to be in the United States of America. I didn't have money. I didn't have nothing. How I can start to get a visa? You see, but with this, uh, um, uh, you know, program of uh, refugee. So we will be. Uh, we will be. Uh, you know. Uh, resettled in the United States of America with all my family. That's where, you know, we met with uh, the Moano family. There are so many people. We met with them. They are all over the, you know, the United States of America. So wow. this is the, uh, the story we we are talking about.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I hope um, for my listeners who are listening to this, uh, the reason why I brought Martin to talk to me today, is because, you know, we, we can easily get Kind of bow down into our reality, and um, you know, the, our reality might seem like it's the worst thing ever, and it's easy for us to lose hope. And when you hear Martin's story, he talks about you know d- d- hanging on to believing that there was a there was a new path, there was a new way, there was a there was a way forward. And I brought Martin to 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 tell his story and hopefully uh, encourage you as you're dealing with the the impact of the coronavirus of either if you've lost your job if you you've lost loved ones or um you know just the, the 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 pressure of the uncertainty um i hope you found this story encouraging martin my my last question to you is you know what would you say to somebody who is um you know th- they they're hanging on you know with this the, the negative impact of this coronavirus in terms of how they can have hope you know of of moving forward
1: yeah you know this will happen all the time and it is not the first time and it's not the last time you see in this world we've been through a lot i think the breakout of uh, influenza it was 1918 after the first world war one there was almost 50 or 100 millions people died in this uh, outbreak of influenza and uh, the world at that time it was like a three billions people in the world but now we are almost 7.8 billions of uh, people so we just need to hang up you see i know that there will be people dying there will be people sick but we need to hang up and we need to fight You know, until when we overcome, you see, it's a, it's like a war. In the war, there are some people will die. In the war, there are some people they will be wounded, but in the war, there will be some people who survive. So I have the hope to tell you that I've been a lot. I've been in a lot uh, uh, troubles. You know, the civil war in Africa killed thousands. Millions of people. There are some kids today, they are orphans. from the uh, They don't have father, they don't have mother, but they survive. Sometimes they don't have food, they don't have any place to sleep. But here we, we have a place to sleep, we have food. You can go to the store, you can, have a, uh, you can buy something. Even if uh, they, they're running out of uh, toilet paper, that's okay. But we... <laughs> we know how to do we know how to to use the you know uh the the things you see so we we cannot uh say that this is the the end of the the, the life no we ki- we can keep the hope and then after this breakout past, the life goes on so it can change us you see the social distance you know, the way out to 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 deal with the people, you know, it will change us, but we will still continue. You know, I hope that scientists, they are working so hard to, to find the, the vaccine and to, you know, they are studying the new virus because it's a new, they call it Nova, it's a new. So they are working hard. I think they are working hard so they can find uh the vaccine they can find the uh what kinds you know of the uh the medicine they can use you know to you know to deal with this virus yeah. and then we will continue you know we, we continue to you know to to live so i just give the i give hope to the people of the world you know to give them hope especially uh we here in the united states of america we the united states of america they've been in a lot also there was a civil war in this country so they've been there and there there, there was a war with uh the, the england the war of the the independence war they, they've been through that and they overcome how about the small virus you see so we need to give the hope for, to the people And don't fear, don't panic. Because if you panic, then it will be a big deal. You say, oh, now I have a cough. Oh, I have a fever. Now I'm I'm going to die. They just saw me a video. That's a sad video I saw uh, today. A, a, A guy who just, he was on top of the hotel. He just threw himself on top of the hotel he died because he lost his family he lost his wife he's lost his children with the, the the coronavirus and he died for that i say, why you you need to kill yourself because of the coronavirus you cannot kill yourself because it will go away it will go away we were to have a, I think 2000 uh, uh 2009 there was a uh, h1n1 influenza we don't talk about it anymore in africa we used to we have ebola ebola now it's become like malaria so people don't fear about ebola we have malaria malaria is killing lot of children with two weeks of malaria you pass away you see so we just need to hang up and then we overcome this is my message uh to all the people they are listening to us. Thank you so much Deo mano uh, to welcome me to this uh, uh, podcast i'm so I'm so humble and i'm so grateful to thank you for this job you are doing. Thank you so much
0: thank you so much, Papa Martin. I appreciate you being in the podcast. This was awesome. You got me emotional as I was hearing you tell your story. And I, for my listener, I hope you, um, you know, this was helpful. And if you find it helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and also share it with your friends and family. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Persevere to excel. Go get it. (laughs) Bow.